Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are priests. That was all one breath, dropping bars. Uh, Bruce Buffer was here for a second. <laughs> I'm <lost. laughs> Okay, I'm not going to do it. My name is James Drew. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbock. What's up? Trey. <laughs> Sticky fingers, I'm saying. Why do you do that to me every time? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just find it funny. Whatever. What's up? It's the only actual father. <laughs> the actual father of the show. Um, Thanks, Pop. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We are the yeah. Fantasy Football Fathers. You can catch us on the Twits at the FF Fathers. Um, you know, if you enjoy the shows so far, we really appreciate it. You know, hit a like or subscribe or whatever. That's all groovy. Um. Can I t- can I drop in real quick? Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening right now, like obviously we've been touching on like every division, but we're about to get in the meat and potatoes of the shits here in, the, in like the next couple weeks. Yes, sir. Then the season starts. We do our weekly. Uh, so every Tuesday we'll have our uh, waiver wire episode, and then every Friday morning we'll have our start sits. Right. Yep. Correct. That yep. is the schedule. Yep. That and- is the schedule as of now. And that's the good shit right there. And that's ah. them goods. Um, yeah, part. leading up to you know going into draft season, we'll definitely be covering like some sleepers um, and our opinions and values and bust and all that good stuff as well. We kind of hit on that in these division episodes. Um, we'll just be a little bit more in depth as we approach draft season here. But for now, we're going to cover the NFC North, kind of look at ADPs and where we each think. Um, you know where these players are going right now if they're worthy and throw some some good little tidbits in there so it should be a good show covering the nfc north today let's get right into it huh oh yeah bud should we start with the worst team in the division yeah sounds good that's debatable but yeah <laughs> honestly is it at this point I think Detroit smoked Chicago. I think Detroit's going to be better than Chicago this year as well. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I, I do also, but I thought maybe one of you would be on the Bears Dude, side. Chicago's one of the front runners for the number one overall pick. Yeah. Right behind Seattle. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to tank. I know. I'll keep saying it every time I, I can. Let's, uh, let's start with the Chicago Bears here. Uh, I guess let's start with the quarterback uh just sure. <laughs> justin fields <laughs> going qb 17 right now um overall 121 justin fields as a player is intriguing to me um super athletic can run the football had some really dynamic runs last year um that really stood out but obviously the struggles are there for the offense as a whole for him as a you know complete quarterback throwing the Football was a little challenging. How do we feel about the outlook uh, for the Chicago Bears as a whole this year and Justin Fields? I'm I'm not very optimistic, honestly, but it's someone I'm willing to take a later round flyer on. I mean, what his ADP one twenty one getting near the end of the draft. If you, if you feel confident about all your position players, as far as running backs, wide receivers, you got a good tight end and you already got your quarterback one, around then your team should be about filled out, right? Yeah. I would yeah. feel comfortable maybe taking him as my quarterback too, but the way I draft, I probably wouldn't even do it. Let's, this is where I find it attractive. Um, if you take Darnell Mooney, let's say, in like the seventh or eighth round, I kind of like the idea of grabbing Justin Fields late in the draft and get that stack on your team because – Let's say things do work out. Justin Fields does progress really well. Is a lot better this year. New coach, new system. That could be a really valuable stack that you get late in the draft um, in redraft leagues this year. Do we know anything about his new coach? I don't. Eberflus? Matt Eberflus? Eberflus? He's a defensive guy. So um, I can't remember who their OC is. Honestly, Justin Fields, unless you're in a two tight, a two quarterback league, I just don't see why you would have him on your roster. Um, 
I mean, I'm not a type of guy that likes to carry two quarterbacks anyways. I'll stream one when my quarterback goes on by. But, uh, yeah, I just I just can't see, you know, taking even a flyer on Justin Fields. I think I'd rather take a flyer on a position player. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate and say his rushing upside is impressive. And we love the rushing upside with quarterbacks. But at the same time, he had one game last year where he had more than one touchdown throw. I'm willing to give Justin Fields another shot outside of Matt Nagy's system, for sure. And he's a young quarterback. I love the talent, being able to run the ball like he can. If he can just get a little bit better, I mean, this is another quarterback, much like Jalen Hurts last year that, you know, no one expected a whole lot. And all of a sudden he's, you know, what, the QB1 for how many weeks last year? Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you want to take a shot on a quarterback like that, Justin Fields fits the mold. It's kind of interesting how he kind of escaped uh, all this scrutiny compared to Trevor Lawrence having like a horrible year last year. Obviously, he had Urban Meyer just kind of ruin everything for him. But Justin Fields, 1,800 yards, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions in 12 games played. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Like It's, it's ugly as hell. And... I don't got Trevor Lawrence's numbers up here right now, but I bet you they were better than that at least. And people were kind of shitting on Trevor Lawrence. So choose one. Yeah, no, that's totally, totally fair. Choose one you're taking a flyer on, him or Trevor. Neither. <laughs> uh, you have to. This year it would be Justin Fields for me. Yeah. Give me the rushing upside. I don't yeah. think I don't think the Jags are, you know, too competitive this year. I think they have a better year, but I don't think they're gonna be I don't think Trevor Lawrence is gonna have a super dynamic year. Justin Fields at least has that ceiling where he can get he can deliver on the ground. Uh, David Montgomery, running back 15 right now, overall 31. How do we feel about old Dave? One of my favorite picks in the draft right now. Really? I think so. Um, I'm not sure if his ADP has been increasing, but he's been undervalued this offseason. Very consistent. Someone... He might be like the lowest ADP running back who really doesn't have competition. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Khalil Herbert behind him. Yeah. Um, who is like a pass catching guy, but David Montgomery also is. And Khalil Herbert's gonna be like returning kicks and whatnot, unless they found someone better during this offseason. I really like David Montgomery. Like so if you're doing like say uh this wouldn't be like a no running back strategy, but if you're going wide receiver for the first two rounds or something like that and you end up with David Montgomery in the third round, you're doing pretty damn good, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, finished as running back 20 last year, played 14 games. Yeah, I think, you know, he's he's got that workhorse load. He's one of the few guys that's going to get primarily all the touches um, in the in the backfield. I think Khalil Herbert is a little bit involved, but unless David goes down, I don't think we see a whole lot of Khalil Herbert, so the opportunity is there. Um, you know, if you if you want to stack receivers early in the draft, I I like targeting David Montgomery for sure. You have the ADP screen up, right, Tyler? Yep. So who's going around David Montgomery right now? Uh, Zeke, James Conner, Cam Cam Akers. Oh geez. So the only the only other person, well, it wouldn't even be Zeke at this point because of Pollard, just uh, Tony Pollard emerging as kind of cutting into his carries. Like, I'd be more worried about Tony Pollard than Khalil Herbert. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think... Yeah, yeah. David Montgomery, yeah, for for sure. And granted, it seems like Tony Pollard is going to not cut as much into Zeke's carries because it sounds like they're going to use him a lot as a slot receiver. Tony Pollard? Yeah. He's been lining up at receiver a yep. lot in training camp. He'll be used in the passing game for sure. I mean, who else both, are they going to throw the ball to? They'll both be on the field at the same time. Yeah. Um, are you following Cowboys Twitter or something? How do you know this? That's that's just in reports. Oh, really? Beat writers, yeah. <clears throat> uh, oh. Would you take James Conner, David Montgomery, or Antonio Gibson? Monty, all day. I already know what you're going to say. James Conner. Yeah, and you're wrong. That's, that's fine. Jim's got to stick together. Tyler, what would you say? Yeah, I'm 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 gonna stick with the James Conner train as well. Let's go, dude. Oh James, James Conner did so much good for me last year. I mean, I I can't go off of that. Uh, Cole Komet. It's gonna bite you guys in the ass. Tight end thirteen. Trey, we're moving on. 
<laughs> That's all I was saying. 135th <laughs> overall. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about Cole Commit? I know you guys have been hyping him up a little bit this off season. Still feel the same? Um, I I don't know. I mean, he has all the talent in the world. He has. We haven't seen a whole, him put it together yet, so it's hard. I mean, I just traded Trey. I just gave Cole Komet to Trey uh, last week that he forgot about. Um, you say gave. It was a trade. Well, it was a trade. <laughs> <laughs> Donated <exchange>. him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dropped him off at Goodwill. Thanks for my every week starter at tight end. Well, After see. Gronk retired, I had to fill the fill the void. Yeah, I mean, he could. It could be his breakout season. He has the potential of doing so. I just, I'm kind of tired of waiting for it. Honestly, what year is it for Cole Komet? Year it's three, second year, isn't it? Third year, I think. Year three is usually the year that if they're gonna break out, they do break out at that position for tight ends. Um, so could have been a nice trade there for you, Trey. What'd you give up? It's a cold world. That's all I'll say. I sent Tyler, Logan Thomas, and Lavisca Chenault. Yeah, you won. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I had a, I got a tight end on my on my bench that I have major major upside for this year. I think he's gonna he's gonna break out. So you can name him. No, we'll get to him later. He's a mystery okay. man. Okay. Okay. Uh, so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him later. Literally in this episode, it's fine. Uh, let's move on here to the Detroit Lions. Um, DeAndre Swift. Let's just let's just start at the top here with my guy, DeAndre Swift, running back nine. Um, going fifteenth overall right now. I like him. Um, I'll take DeAndre Swift over guys like uh, Joe Mixon this year, for example. Wow. Yes. That seems uh, blasphemous to me just because of not. his lack of rushing attempts. The, the biggest upside I see with DeAndre Swift is the fact that he's used so much in the passing game. And even with the new coach coming around last year, old Bicer off Campbell, I mean, he ended up with 78 targets, 62 catches. Yards per target wasn't um, the best. Uh, it was a little under six one of the worst in the, in the running back category for last year and only having two touchdowns on those 62 receptions. But his involvement is definitely interesting. So I, I just, I would rather have Joe Mixon. He's going in somewhat the right area, but it's someone I'm kind of avoiding just because of the fact that they still like to use Jamal Williams a lot. And Craig Reynolds was kind of creeping in the picture last year. I know they were like DeAndre Swift was dealing with, dealing with injuries, but well, they they both were. DeAndre and Jamal. Yeah. Right. So then, so Craig Reynolds proved he could be viable-ish. He's still on the team. I don't know if they brought any other running backs on. It just it seems pretty like. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams situation, except for the fact that when it comes to like them throwing the ball to somebody, it's probably going to be DeAndre Swift if it's somebody in the backfield. So he has that edge. And that's the only edge he has to me in that backfield. Hmm. I think you're higher on Jamal Williams than most people are then. Because um, I'm I'm with DeAndre here. Um, I think he takes a large lion's share of the load here. I'm not taking him over Joe Mixon like James is. But I do like DeAndre, so especially in the second round. I mean, they both finished with a similar amount of attempts. You gotta throw the injuries in there. It's gonna like throw things a little iffy, but it'd, it'd probably be closer to a sixty forty split carry. Who between DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be heavily DeAndre Swift carrying the ball. Yeah, in the offense, just being involved total targets wise. Um, yeah, it's it's all DeAndre Swift. Talent like talent level, it's not even close. Um, I love Jamal Williams as a person. I think he's a okay. I think he's a good player, but DeAndre Swift to me is just uh, different. Um, and to me, he could finish legitimately as the RB one overall this year. More than fifteen carries, one time last year in his healthy games. They sucked last year, man. It's it's last year was a throwaway year. He was hurt. I I can see what you're saying, but I'm just like, I'm not even. I'm I, so I could care less him. about any number from last year about targets or whatever. I don't care. 
<laughs> I mean, you can go off someone's physical profile for so long, and like how well they are when they like how well they play when they do get the ball in their hands. But if they're not getting the ball in their hands, he's getting the ball in his hands. Do you know Dan? Am I not, <laughs> you know something I don't know? <laughs> he's getting the ball in his hands. I can promise you that. Um, I don't know where my DeAndre Swift notes are. I have them somewhere, but so that's probably my bad. They're down your throat, just <laughs> like DeAndre Swift. <laughs> uh, we'll see, Bal. We'll we'll see. Um, Jamal Williams, running back, fifty-five, going one hundred forty-six overall. Anything else you'd want to say about Jamal Williams? I'd pick him up as a cuff late in the rounds, just because of the fact they are willing to give him the ball so much last year. I know last year was a throwaway year. But he still managed to get the same amount of carries as him, and they both miss around the same amount of games, around the same amount of weeks. So it's not like DeAndre was out and Jamal got all the carries in those weeks. Yeah, I I like that you used the word cuff um, because cuffs don't eat into the starters' touches much unless there's an injury involved. Well, he's already going to be getting those, and then... So I, I, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong, and then he's out, and then fucking Craig Reynolds comes around. I mean, maybe... Good old Craig. Day days with him too. Yeah, can I borrow his car? <laughs> I'm probably reading too deep at this point. Can I borrow your car, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the receivers. <laughs> let's do it. Who do you like? Um, who do you like? <laughs> Just throw it out there. Um, I I have concerns about Almond Ra keeping up with the pace he had last year at the end of the season. Um, he's going in the seventh round right now. I'm not sure if I love where that's going. That might be a little high for me, but I think it's mostly because I'm just so unsure. And so I don't want to take him and have it bite me in the ass. I mean, I I would take him though. At that point you're dealing with what? Uh, late seventh, early eighth round, early seventh, early seventh. I keep forgetting 12 team leagues. I don't know why I'm doing 10 team leagues in my head. So, that is a little too early for my liking, but if he does manage to fall to like the eighth or the ninth, yeah, I, I'd like him more there too. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so unsure about what's going to happen with him. There's, you know, more mouths to feed with Swift coming back. Williams, Williams will be back. Uh, Hawkinson's back. You, they brought in James Williams, which I know he's hurt. Will play later. DJ Sharks in the mix now. Um, you still have Reynolds that he brought in last year. Like, there's a lot of options on this team. All of a sudden, I'm not necessarily don't think that Almond Rod's going to be able to keep that same target share he had last year. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is worrisome for sure. <clears throat> Speaking of DJ Shark, um, is he worth taking a shot on? I know he's at the very end of drafts, if drafted at all. Honestly, probably not. Um, I think ultimately when it comes to the, re- to the receiving, he's going to be like, the fourth or fifth option, more than likely, behind, you know, you know, we include Hawkinson, include the running backs of the backfield. I just can't see it. Now, Grant, I hope that I'm wrong. I kind of like DJ Shark as a player, so I hope that I'm wrong that he gets to come in and kind of make a mark here, but I just I just don't want to see it. I'd, I'd rather pick him up on the waiver wire once he, you know, starts to show something. Any thoughts, Trey? I was just trying to read the this extremely small font on my computer, so I'll be honest, I did not hear what you said. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, Jameson <laughs> Williams, he's going to be out for probably, like, isn't it like half the season? A little bit more? Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably end up on the POP list, so he's looking at, you know, at least six or eight weeks. Definitely half of the fantasy season, at yeah. least. Yeah, for sure. Probably will be pretty slow coming back, Get you know. Given the fact that he's a rookie and we're going to be how many weeks into the season? Yeah, I mean. Well, he wasn't put on the PUP. He was put on the non-football injury list. That's what I was trying to read while you were talking. That's why I was so distracted. I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Because they put him on the non-football injury list, which means he could come back even sooner. Yeah. If I'm right. My understanding of that stuff is different. Unless he gets put on the regular season PUP. Like right now, he's on the NFI because he's a rookie. And his injury necessarily wasn't caused in the NFL. It didn't happen in the NFL fo- in NFL football, so it's a non-football injury. Um, so yeah, there's different rules versus someone. Yeah, it's who's, because it, it's because he took it and had the injury in college, right? Okay, but I think once the season starts, 
he'll have to go PUP, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're just being optimistic about it. I'm pretty sure he's going to miss majority of the season. Yeah. Long story short, I'm not. I'm not taking a shot. I think it's going to be a year before we really see Jameson Williams. Yeah, he's not worth drafting in a redraft league this year. Um, if he comes back and starts to post numbers, then he's a waiver wire guy. But don't waste a roster spot on a guy that's a back end guy as it is, and then is going to just sit there on your roster for eight weeks at least. I mean, are we taking any Lions players in a draft this year? DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. Well, besides him, <laughs> I mean, I would take Amon Ra if it's in the right spot. Yeah, I would too. But I'm just. I think where he's being drafted right now. I think that's too early for what I want. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, tight end six, going 62nd overall. So one of those. It's a weird position for a tight end. Like, there's so many ways you can go for your team. So I mean, I don't think that's necessarily too high for him. But I think it's the way you construct your team. Um, but I, I like. I think Hawkinson can easily finish as a top five tight end this year. So. Does the injury history kind of concern you? Yes. Yeah, by the time I get to that, like once we're in the sixth round, I still haven't taken a tight end. I, I don't have an elite tight end on my team. I'm, I've am i punted the position. Like Hawkinson is one of those guys that's kind of in that like gray zone for me for tight end. It's like don't really know what's going to happen at that point in the draft. Um, if I'm going to take another position outside of wide receiver or running back, it's going to be probably Jalen Hurts at quarterback. That's fair. Um, obviously, I think we're all in the same boat. We're like coming to the 10th, 11th, 12th round. We'd rather take a flyer on tight end there than drafting one in the 6th or 7th. Like Pat Fryermuth, it'll be interesting if none of us draft a premium tight end <laughs> in the drafts that we participated in. Because oh. once the ninth round comes around, we're going to start looking at each other like, who's taking Pat Fryermuth? Watch somebody, some idiot in our league take him in like the 8th. I will just boot them from the league. <laughs> Probably Trey reaching on him like he did Kyler last year. I'm not going to reach that far on a tight end. There's other guys available who are going undrafted. Mike Gesicki. Yeah. Gross. Let's move on (laughs) to the best team in this division. Team that I am an owner of. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers. Um, Looking like the front runner again for the division. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are definitely going to give it their best shot. But, you know, obviously Green Bay lost Devontae Adams, so this offense is going to look a little bit different. Um, Let's start here, I guess, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. The Hayak, what is it? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah, you'll just make the Hispanic guy pronounce it for you. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, we are white. Sounds like a great time. Speak for yourself. No, that's why I said how you did it. We were white. Yeah, well, if somebody hears that wrong, then we think I'm white too. Just oh, yeah, okay. I'm not white. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Look at that stash. Can't be white. They can't, but they can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers right now going as the QB ten, uh, going ninety fourth overall. Your thoughts? Cool. Like I don't know why. I, it seems weird that he's going that deep in drafts now um i feel like he most years you'd see him going in like the fifth or sixth like one of those like kind of that weird middle tier in the ninth round though i'm happy with that it, aaron Rodgers, dude it reminds me honestly of like uh, tom brady i would say towards the end of his career but his career is still going or like let's say four years ago he was continuously being drafted around quarterback 10 in like the 100 adp area and finishing higher than that every single year just being like extremely undervalued and every year throwing you know 38 plus touchdowns which at the time was a lot but um great value honestly if i can get aaron Rodgers to be in the ninth uh, i'm gravy Um, uh, yeah he's going four picks behind tom brady right now i'd rather have aaron Rodgers. would you rather have oh actually ooh, i don't know <laughs> yeah the only thing that makes it questionable for me is the receiver situation. Yeah. You know. Um, Tom Brady obviously has his guys there, which makes me a little more comfortable. Same thing with like a Matthew Stafford situation. He's got Cup, he's got Allen Robinson. Is is Stafford going around that same spot? Yeah. Um Stafford's according to this list, eighty seventh overall. So a little before. 
Rodgers? Mm. I take it back. I'll take Brady. <laughs> um, would you go Stafford or Rodgers? Stafford, again, because of the weapons. Yeah. Even though I know Stafford's dealing with some elbow tendonitis right now, it's apparently pretty bad. Uh-oh. He has some, he's dealt with it for years, but it's flaring up pretty bad right now, apparently. I would take Aaron Rodgers just because I know I'm not going to get negative points from interceptions. Not like Matthew Stafford like, throws a lot of them. But it, it was more be, than Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> right? So does, I mean, everyone. Everyone does. does. But yeah. I like consistency, and I think he'll still eke out at least two touchdowns a game and say that maybe the offense isn't as prolific as you want it to be. You know, 275 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I can take that consistently from a quarterback that I'm drafting that late. All right, Aaron Jones. Um, honestly, right now, probably one of my favorite values um in early rounds first and second round aaron jones running back 11 uh going 18th overall uh i have the charge dude i have high hopes uh for aaron (laughs) jones this year and i think um if you can get him you know in the middle of the second sometimes at the back end of the second um especially if you're like at the beginning of the draft Let's say you're number one overall. You take Justin Taylor. You can go around, you know, and Aaron Jones falls to you at the back end. Like, I think that's, like, uh, heaven sent, you know, in my opinion. But, I mean, you, from what we've heard from you tonight, it sounds like you have Aaron Jones as a top ten running back this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I do. Um, I think he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Um. You know, I think, yeah, A.J. Dillon will definitely be involved. But I still see Aaron Jones getting a ton of targets, a ton of touches, I guess I'll say, both in the running game and the passing game. So I I love Aaron Jones right now um, as a value. I don't think it's a value. (laughs) You've already driven it into my skull that A.J. Dillon's creeping in the picture. And Aaron Jones has got he gets all those targets. The only thing that's like keeping faith in me for him is the fact that Devontae Adams is gone. But even then he was getting around, you know, six targets a game. He did have a couple games where he had one game that was double digit targets. He had that one game where he had three touchdowns on six catches week two last year. I mean, even if he gets four more targets a game, something like that. I just don't think it's significant enough for him to be in that position again. I, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, I I've, I can go back and forth on him. I will say this, though. When it comes to the ADPs, I would rather take Aaron Jones in the second than where A.J. Dillon's going in the fifth. I think that's too high. I think people are overestimating how much A.J. Dillon plays into this offense. Because at that point, you are you are drafting him as your RB2 in a lot of cases. Um, at the very least, like your lead flex flex player, and like that seems too much to me. Who's got the ADPs up? Anyone have them? AJ Dillon's run back twenty six, going fifty six overall. Well, with a with uh Aaron Jones, what oh. running backs are going around him? Uh, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams. Oh, DeAndre or Aaron Jones. Um, he's not DeAndre Swift is not going <laughs> where Aaron Jones is going. Fifteen and seventeen. What are you talking about? Are you on half PPR? Oh yeah. Are we doing this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I at that point, yeah, I'm going uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, but I think in the sharper leagues, I think DeAndre Swift's going to go a little bit higher than that. Um, but that's just my opinion. You mean the leagues that you're in? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Go to the receiver. Right. Do it. Alan Rizard, um, wide receiver 44 right now. Christian Watson, wide receiver 55, dealing with an injury in camp right now. Um, and then guy that's been getting a lot of hype in training camp, Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, however you want to say it. I like Dubs. Um, Dubs. How do we think the wide receiver situation is going to play out? And are we taking a shot on any one of these guys? 
man, I don't know. Like, it, you don't like someone has to lead the pack. I don't know who it's going to be though. You know, it's it's too hard to figure out who's going to be the, the kind of the lead guy here. And because of that, I don't really want to take a risk on any of them. I mean, if if I went and pick one, it'd probably be Dubs because he right now he's going undrafted. So if I took him at the end of the draft, I'd be happy with that. Uh, let, let me ask you this. Packers owner, one one millionth of a share or whatever, however that works. Um, watcher of all games Packers the last few years. Do you really think Alan Lazard can take that next step and be the guy with Aaron Rodgers giving him all this, most likely all this focus in the offseason, right? Because who else is really competing for it? The other guys are rookies. They got to earn it. He's probably giving Alan Lazard a good hand up and let him know, like, hey, this is what you got to do. All this extra shit you got to do to be like Devontae. Do you think he can do it? I'll say this. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't think Lazard is the greatest athlete um, in the world, but we it's kind of been the same story for years and years now with the Packers. You know, they draft these guys that aren't the biggest names, and they develop. They really aren't great at first. And they end up developing into really, really good, solid stud receivers, especially playing with, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Two of them. Two of them, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you look at guys like Jordy and, you know, Devontae Adams. and I mean, there's just so many cases of of receivers getting really amplified when they get on on this team. And there's something to be said about that for sure. Um. However, like, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, at the cost right now, it's not really going to cost you that much. So, yes, I'm willing to take a shot on Alan Lazard. Um, I'm willing to take a shot on Christian Watson, I guess. And I talked about it in our rookie show. I really liked uh, Romeo Dubs' tape. And, um, you know, as a player, he just looked like a guy that could come in and, and be effective right away. He's getting a lot of hype in camp right now, so if he's still available in your dynasty leagues, go pick him up um, or you know, send a little trade offer for him and see what happens. I, I really think he'll be a player uh, for years to come, but for this year, for redraft, yeah, I mean, take a shot. One of these guys is going to have a really killer year. Who's he going to be? I, you know, No one really knows. <laughs> Alan Lazard, I will say this: Alan Lazard will get his opportunity to be that guy. It's just you have to pick one because obviously you're not going to draft all three because that's right. suicide. Here, let me make it simple: Who gets a hundred plus targets? I mean, for sure, Alan Lazard is going to get his opportunity to be the guy. Like he's earned it, right? He's been there. He's he's you know played a bunch of different roles for them, being a blocker. He's he's going to get the opportunity at the beginning of the year to be the number one guy. Pa, but, are you running for office? Answer the question. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, just like if just you want running around it, if you want to take a shot on someone, like Alan Lazard will definitely get his shot for sure. Christian oh, Watson, who knows what's you know? I mean, he could he could come out. He could be great. He could be hurt. You know, I don't know. I know Alan Lazard is going to be there. He's going to get his opportunity. So I would take my shot, yeah, on Alan Lazard. 100 plus targets. As Maybe. Any yeah. wide receiver one is going to get 100 plus targets. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> take a shot. Dude, this is like. I'm not going to say. Like, <laughs> for oh, sure, he'll get over 100 targets. You know, a lot of different things can happen. So essentially, the cl- conclusion is that we don't know either, guys. So we're all, we're all in a yeah. wait and see type of situation. And you know, take a chance on the one guy that you really believe in. But outside of that, like, that's really what it is. Yeah, you gotta take a shot on someone. So who, find the guy that you like the most, in the position you like the most in terms of ADP, and take your shot. I'm taking my shot on Lazard. I'll be honest. If, if it happens, he's available in the eleventh round, all day, every single draft. I'm taking him. Yeah. So what I said. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't answer my question. Uh, oh yeah, well, that's, well, a few more variables in that one. Uh, Robert 100 plus catches. <laughs> There's it's a one variable, but uh, all right. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna get 100. I'll catches. show the equation. Get the get the whiteboard out. Robert Tunyon, <laughs> tight end, 20 overall of 172. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's coming back off the injury. You have better options. Um, he was never like he was very touchdown dependent, so I wouldn't risk putting any type of draft worth into him. Yeah, I mean the the one season where he was fantasy relevant, he had a shit ton of touchdowns, <laughs> like a, a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. It's just not going to happen again. I mean, fuck, I don't know, maybe, but <laughs> more than likely, it will not happen. Um, so well, at one seventy two, he's going undrafted, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. I. If I somehow horribly punted tight end, I would not feel bad about taking him. And if it didn't work out, just using flyers all year. There's always upside there because of the opportunity in, in the quarterback, right? So there's an argument. Yeah, you take a shot on him, see what happens. I wouldn't put a ton on him. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the last team here on the show, Minnesota Vikings. Um uh, Kirk Cousins, QB 15, going 107 overall. Mr. Consistent, seems to always fall in the top 12 quarterbacks. Another favorite late-round quarterback here. Yeah, I mean, you said he's literally Mr. Consistent. Um, if you want to see his finishing rankings the last, <clears throat> running back, it's 11th, 11th, 19th, um, bad, 13th, 6th, 5th, 10th. Like, one bad year in the last what eight years? I just r- rambled off. He's a startable t- quarterback in the, in almost every year. It's crazy how he continues to get just fall off, fall off, fall off. But they just turn around and produce. So he also had those years in the, on the Redskins at the time. <laughs> Finished fifth and then sixth. Yeah, so underrated. Yeah, and yeah. now he has Justin Jefferson going into his third year. Third year. Uh, Adam Thielen, hopefully healthy. K.J. Osborne coming into his own. They are now also adopting the L.A. Rams offense. Three wide receiver heavy, right? Yep. I love K.J. Osborne. I think he's a really good player. Right? Way to steal his thunder there, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm agreeing. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, totally. And we're about to touch on that probably. I mean, yeah, we can talk about the receivers. Uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver two, going seventh overall. Adam Thielen, wide receiver twenty nine, going seventy second overall. And because Tyler's a noob, he doesn't have KJ Osborne on this list. That's because KJ Osborne is going undrafted right now. Well, there you go. Oh lordy, he's if you really want his numbers, he's going receiver eighty, two hundred twenty third overall. <laughs> Blasphemy. You know how you know how large of a league you have to be in to be drafting it in the twenty second round. <laughs> Come on now, let's do a fun one here. KJ Osborne or Romeo Dubs? Uh, give me Dubs. I'll yeah, I'll take Dubs too. Are we talking about just a redraft? Yes, there's yeah. normal redraft, twelve team league, half PPR. Yeah, I'd go Dubs too, only because I think he has the potential to end up being the number one receiver on the offense, where we know KJ's gonna be the third guy. Right. I think KJ is very talented. I think he's, he's available in like your dynasty leagues. You should definitely be rostering him. But Justin Jefferson, obviously, still the guy there, and Adam Thielen is also still there. They're going to be the primary targets still, even though KJ is definitely worthy of a bigger role for sure. Mm, I'm going to go KJ, just because we don't know. It's all training camp, off-season rumors. Romeo Dubs does look good, blah, blah, blah. He might just end up being wide receiver three in an offense that features two wide or two running back sets, things like that. Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup? Cup. Is that a real question? Yeah. It's wide receiver one and wide receiver two right now. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup. Adam Thielen wasn't like fully healthy last year. So when he plays a full season, it will bite into Justin Jefferson's numbers. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish that thought. <laughs> um, I had to put the thought together. How early would you be willing to take Justin Jefferson? Like He's going seventh overall right now. Probably after the first date. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just took a swing at a, a, a random gay joke. But he's actually six now, uh, going one spot ahead of Dalvin Cook. 
Oh, that's interesting, actually. So, because when we were bringing up Dalvin Cook, I wanted to bring because I was right where the the uh, first receiver being drafted was at uh, Cooper Cup at five, and Dalvin Cook was only six. I wanted to bring that up. Like, who would you take there? Would you rather take Cooper Cup if you're at the five spot, or would you rather take Dalvin Cook? It's super interesting. I mean, the running back or the receiver on the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it's like, like the chicken or the egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Existential questions. So, and now it's would you take Cooper Cup? Who's and the chicken, and who's the egg? <laughs> let's let's not go too deep into it. I mean, who comes first? Do you yeah, cook the chicken or cook the egg? Does the egg cook the chicken? Guys, we have veered <laughs> off into the woods but here. Anyways. Uh, I'll just say this. My first thing I thought of is I'm such an old man when it comes to this, like drafting a wide receiver so early. I got tricked into drafting Devontae Adams two years ago in the ninth or tenth pick. Not even the ninth or tenth pick, like the I think it was the fourteenth pick after the turn of the, the first round. And I was so mad at myself because I picked I missed out on a running back that I thought was already chosen. And I ended up doing pretty good that year. Sounds like you showed up to the draft a little too stoned. <laughs> um, that was uh, amongst the um, yeah. influences for sure. <laughs> but I, honestly, I'm sure I would have been stoked to get Devontae in like 14th yeah, a couple years too. ago. I think, and especially this year, more now more than ever, like the receivers. We saw it last year. Like Cooper Cup was an elite separator of teams last year that's you know, an outlier Justin season Jefferson. It he's is, not going to repeat that but we're we're definitely seeing as time goes on the receivers being much more valuable just because of how yeah. the direction that the league is going in um, yeah. and i agree with you like it's hard when, when for people that like us have been playing for you know 15 years plus for for all of us like it's really hard to look in the middle you know at the fifth pick and like oh take a receiver that seems because like for us like that seems crazy traditionally but it is where the game is going so it's one of those things like you have to adapt and and, and keep it moving otherwise you're gonna you know fall behind and you're gonna continue to lose yep so i'm not necessarily saying i would take cooper cup here at five or even justin jefferson but at the same time i like would you take like dalvin cook and cooper cup are seem so close together in value that I I don't hate it. Like if I did take Cooper Cup, I just wouldn't. No, for sure. I mean, for me personally, this this year more than ever, I'm I'm considering it more than if I'm falling at five or six or seven or eight. Like, yeah, I'm, right in the middle of the round there. I'm, yeah, I'm taking. I I I don't hate the idea of taking an elite, you know, wide receiver. Probably finishes top one or two. Um, right there. Like I think it definitely separates teams. So, I would probably take Cooper Cup also. But if I fall in that weird four to seven range in my drafts, I'm going to get a goddamn therapist. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of stress. Like, dude. Yeah. I, so, I fucking hate drafting in that. It, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough spot to be in. Um, I will say this. In one of the mock drafts I did, I, I was in the sixth pick. And Cooper Cup was already gone. I didn't want to take Justin Jefferson. And I... Derrick Henry was there, and so was Najee. I took Najee, which, like, analytics don't like as much, but I just feel like Najee's, like, being undervalued right now, and I think I'd rather take him before I took any other receiver besides Cooper Cup. Dalvin Cooker or Najee? Najee. Yeah, Najee all day. Yeah. I'm not, I, <laughs> I, I don't smell what Dalvin's cooking, dude. <laughs> just, just, yeah. <laughs> um... Any other thoughts on on Dalvin Cook there or Alexander Madison? Alexander Madison, one of the best handcuffs in the game. If you get Dalvin Cook, make sure you get Madison, especially because Cook has dealt with some injuries the last few years. If you do get Cook, how early are you drafting Madison to make sure no one else snipes him up? A round earlier. (laughs) So right now he's going in, what, the 11th round or so? Yeah, I think that's probably about where I'd want to take a handcuff, uh, especially one that's as valuable as as Matheson is. So, one in twelve team league, that's like tenth round, right there. That's like tenth, yeah. Yeah. So I I think in the tenth, I think I'm okay with that. I don't think I want to take one earlier than that. Um, But I I think I'm okay with that if I have Dalvin. 
Well, th- this reminds me of a good point when you're drafting. Um, to, to keep in mind, it's a lot easier in 12-team leagues. If you're doing like a 16 or something like that, it's probably really hard to keep track of. But how many players of each position these teams have? So say the turn's coming, and you know it's these same five guys drafting ahead of you. You're in the middle of the draft. Like, you know, uh, pick six is where you started out at. And those guys ahead of you, they all have, let's say it's the 10th round, they all have four running backs, something like that. I would feel comfortable about waiting for Alexander Madison, maybe like another round, if there's someone I want to get. But if you got a couple guys ahead of you that have maybe only two running backs, I'd really be stressing. Yeah, no, yeah, that's no. a great point. That's that's for a good sure. strategy. You have to make sure you understand who's drafting ahead of you. Yeah, you got to keep track, man, just so you know. I, I try to predict picks, kind of. Keep an eye on the board and you know, make sure you kind of take a look at what everyone else is doing and their strategies for yep. sure. Some people are unpredictable. Uh, for sure. That's gonna is in your home leagues, it's there's gonna be unpredictable picks and you just kinda have to uh bob and weave with, with the flow there. Or really any money league too, if you're playing online. I would consider it like a home league. People are still paying attention once you get this deep in the draft. Yeah. All right, um, Irv Smith Jr. tight end fourteen right now, going one forty eight overall. We're skipping over Thielen, did we? A little bit. I thought we talked about him. not Thielen. It. I mean, you you brought up I mean, it got up real quick. We didn't talk about his ADP. What do you want to say? I got a Thielen. Well, <laughs> well I'm curious because he's going you know at seventy two overall, and in that same area you have Gabriel Davis and Amaron St. Brown. Who are you taking first? I'll take the proven guy out of Gabriel. Amon Ra and Thielen. Adam Thielen's proven if he can stay healthy. Oh, give me Gabriel Davis. Wait, seriously? Yeah. The hype is getting you, huh? Uh, He's put on how many pounds? 30 or something like that? He's a fucking beast. Shout out to fast food. Like 220-something pounds. Big dude. He's solidified as the wide receiver, too, attached to Josh Allen. Yeah, give me that all day. I'll take that upside and that shot um, versus Thielen's red zone consistency. So the entrance entrance of Emmanuel Sanders doesn't scare you at all? What entrance? Slot God. Emmanuel Sanders was last year. Uh, Oh, fuck. Ignore what I'm saying. (laughs) First of all, I know what you're trying to say. Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. That's what I'm really thinking of. The actual slot god. He's Jamison Crowder. Dealing with something right now. So Isaiah McKenzie has been getting a ton of run in camp. And apparently he's been like the camp star, Isaiah McKenzie, in the slot right now. Oh, ca- camp star, honestly. I know. 90% of the time, that does not mean shit. Yeah, you can't get too much you know, into that. That's just the beat, rep- beat writers you know, writing that. But... um. Still, yeah, I think I don't think Jameson Crowder is as solidified as people think. This is someone who produced on the Jets, while for Gabriel years Davis is a hundred percent solidified in this and game. had a good year under a breakout year from Josh Allen. Jameson Crowder had a bunch of steady, average to above average years on the goddamn Jets. Now he'll be wide receiver three (laughs) on that offense with that advanced quarterback. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Thielen here. Here too. Um, between those three guys, I'm going with Thielen. So let's go ahead and and finish up with the the Vikings here. Irv Smith, that's my boy. Tight end fourteen, going 148th overall. I think he is hurt right now, though. Yeah, he he did just got get a little. Little little thing, he's fine. Um, Says work week one return plausible. Yeah, he'll be all right. Oh, that's pretty bad. That's like a month out. He went under. Uh, he had thumb surgery on Tuesday. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Tyler's doctor. He'll be all right. <laughs> Too much duty. Hey, plausible is better than you know questionable or doubtful. So I'll take it. Um, Ursus Junior is the reason why I traded Cole Komet away to to trade here. Ursus Jr. was going to have a breakout season last year, got hurt um, in the preseason, missed the whole year. So this is going to be the year he breaks out. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. 
So you you like KJ Osborne and Irv Smith? How many people are going to be catching the ball? I like KJ Osborne. I don't think that he's going to have that big. Again, we we already talked about this. This is a new offense. True. Three wide receiver heavy, right? It is until they realize that Kirk Cousins doesn't like to throw to KJ Osborne. He did when Adam Thielen was hurt. Remember, we were saying last year, yes, like the, Adam Thielen Jr., he's basically filling in and doing the same, if not better, numbers right, than but that Adam was, Thielen. That was, that was the wide receiver two, not the wide receiver three. How, how, okay, think about this. When The reason I was big on Irv Smith Jr. last year was because Kyle Rudolph left. Kyle Rudolph was a consistent uh, red zone threat for Kirk Cousins and was you know a solid tight end for years. Irv Smith Jr. is a more athletic more of a receiving tight end than Rudolph ever was. That's why I think Irv Smith Jr. is going to have a breakout year. I like Irv Smith. That's a good point. That's a good point. He's among the tight ends at the end of the draft that I like taking a shot on, for sure. Him, Gerald Everett, you know, those types of guys that are athletic. They're in pretty good offenses. They have uh, quarterbacks that can, you know, uh, produce healthy enough numbers to keep that many receiving targets viable. So, yeah, I like Irv Smith for sure. I would agree. Yeah, I'm like Irv Smith. These guys are irking me. <laughs> Trey doesn't like anyone this year. I don't like uh, nobody. I, I ain't drafted nobody. <laughs> Get off my lawn. It's Pat Fryermuth or nothing. I'm taking till the 10th. <laughs> I'm punting tight ends till I get Pat Fryermuth. Uh, that'll do it for the NFC North. Um, so we appreciate y'all listening. If you made it this far into the end zone uh, episode or the end zone, uh, <laughs> go ahead and like, subscribe, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers, and we will catch you all next time.